0: Well, we are on the road this morning for this Feast of St. Louis at what I suppose you could call the original parish here in St. Louis, and it's also, coincidentally, my parish here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis, and that is the Basilica of St. Louis, the King of France, commonly known colloquially as the Old Cathedral, talking with, I would say my pastor, but you're technically not the pastor, you're the rector, Father Nicholas Smith. Father Smith, so good to be with you today. Good to be here with you, and happy feast day. As we talk about our wonderful patron today, I immediately think of the painting that I see in the church, not far from where we are on the other side of a wall here, depicting St. Louis, the king of France, kneeling before an altar, laying down his scepter, laying down his crown before the Lord. Um, quite an interesting history. As I, as I pray in front of this painting, I've come to learn this painting actually came to the old cathedral in 1818 from King Louis Eighteenth, who gifted it to Bishop de Bourgh, I'm struck by this painting every time I look at it because here we have the mighty king laying down the signs of his kingship before the Lord. What are some of the lessons we learn from this? There's many ways I could probably answer your question, but um,
1: you know, I think it's important just to first of all begin with with Lewis and, and who he was and how his background and upbringing I think was so formative, which then leads to the image that you see depicted in that painting. You know, um, he was 12 years old when his father died, and that's when uh, he was made the king of France. And the primary concern of his mother, Blanche, she brought him up with other uh, certain skills that were needed to assume the kingship, but she implanted in him a very deep regard and awe for everything related to religion. You know, because there's that famous line that she said uh, to her son, I would rather see you dead at my feet than that you would ever commit a mortal sin. So bringing him up in the religion, in religion was a a very important part of of Blanche's um, instilling these virtues and values into her son. And I think as a result of that, then when he becomes king, you see all this becoming very evident in his life. First of all, uh, he brings justice to France and he was very well respected. I'm not a historian by any means, but I know that he was well respected by other leaders in Europe, and they would come to him uh, seeking resolution of different cases. And um, there's, there's one example. In our modern-day parlance, this might not sound like justice, but I'm not living in France at the time, but apparently there was a baron who had uh, hanged three children for poaching rabbits and the king's response to this, Lewis's response was very, very firm. He forced the baron to surrender his forest, number one. He imprisoned him for a time. He fined him very heavily. He um, had him build a chapel, individual chapel, to the memory of each student, and then ordered him to take part in a crusade for three years to Palestine. So what does this show? I mean, Lewis was a man who justice needed to be served and rendered and this is just one example of of many things that he did but the justice was always just it was not slanted to one side or the other so i think when you see that picture when you see that painting and lewis is kneeling there full regalia placing his uh, crown and his uh, scepter on the ground there in front of jesus in the blessed sacrament and it's, it's it's rather interesting that the monstrance in that painting is not how we normally image the monstrance today as a sunburst or whatever it happened it, from my reflections on that painting it is a it's it's a crown and in that crown is where the blessed sacrament is so here here's the king of, of an earthly realm laying down his scepter in front of the king of the universe here in front of Jesus Christ. But but that is symbolic I think of everything that this man was. Steeped in religion, he was brought up in the faith, the importance of the faith and uh, was a man of great justice which was informed by his faith.
0: We think often of our faith as a, especially the sacrifice of the mass and the, the sacrifice on Calvary as justice and mercy all wrapped into one and so here we have a king who brings justice to France recognizing divine justice before him. Now inevitably every Sunday when when we kneel in pew 81 the kids you know the kids are fascinated that there's little placards on the end of the pew we kneel there and and we're in prayer before mass and I reflect on this painting and I immediately think of my crowns now I'm no king but I think of my pride I think of the fact that I'm a noted public figure. I'm on Catholic Radio hosting a show right now. Or I'm dad. I'm in charge at home. You'll take out the trash and do the dishes because I say so. Well, why? Because I'm dad. And all of those crowns that I like to place on myself. And here I have St. Louis modeling for me that he's laying down his crown. There are some lessons we can learn for ourselves then in looking at this.
1: And I would agree with that
0: um you know
1: he was an earthly king and with kingship of course maybe not so much today although you know if we look um, at the queen of england for example we know all the pomp and circumstance and ceremony and pageantry and everything that goes with that and well respected etc so when we think of somebody in that kind of a position we think of someone who is well respected and loved and honored and all the pageantry etc and here's this man that could have assumed that position. He could have easily sat on a throne. Well, I'm sure he did at times, but I mean they're set on the throne permanently and had people come and serve him and do everything for him and the focus was all on him. And what you see, I think, with him laying down uh, his crown before the king of the universe is where um, he put that aside where he could have set in this kind of a regal life forever. He set that aside and he actually then used his position as king to put his faith into practice in a very real way with the people of France. So um, he was a loving and generous king. The poorest of the poor were always recipients of his charity and his alms every day. Uh, Beggars were fed from his table, and he would then go through and eat their leavings, what they would leave behind, wash their feet, minister to the needs of the lepers. Um, Daily, he fed 120 people founded hospitals, houses to take care of the poor. He was a faithful Christian sovereign, uh, built monasteries, encouraged various religious orders, led an exemplary life, spending, and this was secretly, spending hours and hours in prayer, fasting and penance, attended Holy Mass twice a day, and he was always surrounded, even when traveling, by priests who were chanting the hours. So we see this man definitely articulating his faith in action, which is what we're all called to do. And I was reminded in a way, you know, on um, Ash Wednesday, I believe it's from St. Matthew's Gospel, where we hear our, our Lenten disciplines, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And, you know, don't look for the publicity. Don't look for uh, people to come and congratulate you and thank you and whatever. You, you do it in privately, and you're going to be seen by the one who needs to see what you're doing, which is, which is Christ. And that's exactly what I think Lewis did. Could have set up in an exalted position, didn't went out among his people, did what he needed to do, and...
0: Yeah, I've, you know, I think it's really funny, too, how the artist depicts some of this. We think sometimes that we are so important And here we have this king in this painting. And when you look at the little cherubs, so if you've never seen the painting, I'll put a picture up if you go to facebook.com slash roadmap radio. I'll put a picture up of the painting. But you have the king, Louis, kneeling before the altar. And then above him are depicted nine cherubs. And then to the side of the monstrance is one cherub. And only one of them, maybe, maybe one of them, I still can't decide, is looking anywhere near St. Louis. They are all eyes fixed on the Lord. And it's a great image of humility. We think we're so important, we are not. Father, the other thing I've been thinking about as I look at this painting recently, though, is he's not laying down his scepter or his crown and walking away. I mean, it, it, the, the gesture of his hands almost speaks to me to say, Lord, here I'm offering you my scepter and my crown. And this is in a contrast to what we hear and think of sometimes in the gospels of the rich young man. What must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? And our Lord gives him very clear instructions, do all of this. And he says, Okay, I've done that. What what more must I do? Sell everything you have and give it to the poor, leave your father and your mother and come and follow me. And that's a life of abandonment, a life of abdication. And, and Lewis is not doing this. He's not abdicating the throne. He's not abandoning his kingship. Some are called to that, especially, I think, of the religious sisters in cloister, uh, the monks in the monastery. But most of our listeners probably are not going to be called to leave their day job behind, whether they're a doctor, or a banker, blue-collar, white-collar, retiree, parent, single person, whatnot. What is the lesson we can learn from St. Louis in offering the symbols of his kingship to the Lord?
1: Well, that's a very good question, and I think um, what we really could learn from him, and I think we sometimes forget this, I mean, we look at our careers as as our job. We go out, we do something for eight hours a day, and, okay, I did my eight hours a day, I'm, I'm coming home now, I'm going to relax, spend time with my family. And I, I, I think we sometimes fail to realize that we, as baptized Christians, are sent out into the world to bring Christ into the world, and we do that in a variety of ways. So. Someone like Lewis did it in his own way. As king, he went out and was a service to his people. We're all not kings, of course. We're all not queens. However, we go out as emissaries of Christ, so to speak, and I don't care what job we're doing. I don't care if we are at, at home and we are, are elderly and confined to our homes. I don't care if we're a young kid who's in second grade. I don't care if we're a mother who's taking care of six kids, I don't care if we're an accountant, whatever we are, we bring our faith into the context in which we find ourselves. So I don't care what career you have, that is a way for us to then bring Christ to other people in the things that we say and the things that
0: we do. That that harkens back to that example of the king Louis using his office as king to feed the poor. Uh, I think often of the the late Cardinal Archbishop of Chicago, Francis Cardinal George, who who said, "We must serve the Christ in front of us, and so whoever God puts in our path that day, that's who we serve." And that's not the, just the job of the the
1: priests and the religious. And no, that's all of our jobs. We're supposed to all be doing this, but we do it in our own
0: unique ways according to our
1: own unique vocation.
0: Now, we've been talking a lot about St. Louis today, but all of these things we've talked about, the recognizing one's role, recognizing one's place before the Lord, using their charisms, their gifts to serve the Lord, these are not unique to St. Louis. We could talk about any number of saints, and you mentioned a saint when we were preparing for this interview that we could think of a very similar image, and that's the the great Jesuit saint, St. Ignatius of Loyola. I guess he comes to my mind because
1: I'm a graduate of SLU. I, I, I taught theology and English at St. Uh, for years, so I naturally have the image of Ignatius in my mind. And um, here was a very gallant man, was into chivalry, was out at the Battle of Pamplona, and um, his leg was uh, blown apart by a, by a cannonball. So they bind it up. The French are so struck by his bravery and his courage that they literally haul him back to the home at Loyola he's recuperating and um, he was a vain man. When he looked at his knee and he saw that it was all gnarled or I'm not sure what kind of word to use and you know they would wear those tights on their legs and um, he knew that that wouldn't be the the fashionable way to present himself. I was told that he had the leg rebroken and reset to try to get it right. And this is why he went through life with, um, he had a limp. But it was during that recuperation period where he wanted to read, you know, novels of chivalry and romance and all this kind of stuff and all they had was a life of the saints and the life of christ and bam that that was it that was the turning point and then ultimately he goes to our lady of montserrat goes to the black madonna and it's there that he surrenders his sword and that's when he picked up his pilgrim staff and that was the beginning of what we now know as the eventual founding of the Jesuit order. But there's another man who went and laid down a former way of life. That's not what Lewis is doing in that picture though, but he laid down a former way of life to embrace another way of life. And we have to do that too. That's what martyrdom is. I know when we think of martyrs, we think of the red martyrs, those that were actually killed for their faith, but there's white martyrs, those who give up and go live a life of abandonment, like you had mentioned uh, those in monasteries, monks and hermits and, and nuns, et cetera. But there's also uh, the green and the blue martyrs. I know sometimes we don't hear about those, but that's denying ourselves of things through fasting, through through penance, giving up things so that we can become closer to Christ. So all of us are called to lay things aside in order to more fully embrace following after Christ.
0: Wonderful. Well, Father Smith, I want to thank you for this time today. I would normally ask you to close us with a prayer or a blessing, but I'm actually going to leave that to your boss, who's going to be up next on the show. We're going to be with Archbishop Rosansky, and uh, so we will turn to him for an Episcopal blessing. But we do want to thank you for having us out here to the Old Cathedral. Friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will be back after this.